You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. So on my, my very first date with the, the man who is now my partner, Brian, um, I, you know, we were chatting and I asked him uh, what he had been up to that week and he said, oh, I got to talk to my Aunt Maggie. So I was like, oh, great, where does Aunt Maggie live? And very matter-of-factly, Brian said, oh, Aunt Maggie is dead. <laughs> Uh, he then went on to explain that he had that day just been to a, a, a medium and that he had indeed made contact with his dear departed Aunt Maggie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I suddenly had some feelings about this man, Brian, sitting in front of me. Uh, but just as I was about to go like full tilt judgmental on him, I slowed my roll and was like, speaking to myself, I was like, wait up, Reagan, uh, you're about to become a priest in a religion that believes that God raised this guy Jesus from the dead and that this wasn't a symbolic resurrection, but that he actually got up and walked out of the tomb and then this same Jesus was taken up into heaven like in his body. Like, that's pretty out there stuff. <laughs> Why was it so hard for me to even just be the, the tiniest bit open to the idea that maybe, maybe, just maybe, the line between life and death is not clear? That maybe the two worlds really do bleed into each other? That conversation that day with, with Brian, it it changed me because even though, I, honestly, I'm still very skeptical about mediums and psychics and all that, just the fact that Brian's relationship with Aunt Maggie is so real, so alive to him, it challenged me to take more seriously my own faith in the resurrection of Jesus. Because if the resurrection means anything, it has to mean that God has forever blurred that line between life and death. And so if anyone in the world, if anyone ought to live as if the dead are still alive among us, it's us. It's us Christians. And yet so many of us Christians, especially American Protestants like we Lutherans and Episcopalians and Baptists and, Pro and Presbyterians that we struggle to really lean into that mystical experience of life and death bleeding into each other, which is why we're here tonight. I know I, know I struggle with it. I, in fact, the first few times I did a celebration of All Saints, I felt like I was being really, really naughty um, I, was, I was raised Southern Baptist, and for as much as we sang, ring the bells of heaven, and said we believed in life after death, it felt like it was like taboo to believe that eternal life would actually ever bleed over into this one. Like, like it's as if we thought that this world and the world, to and the world to come, like they're both real, but that they should never play together in the sandbox. Like they're forever segregated. 
But my conversation with Brian that day about Aunt Maggie, it showed me just how much of a waste it is to believe in eternal life, and yet for that eternal life to have no impact on how we live now. What a waste it would be for the life of the saints to be segregated in heaven and to believe that God made no provision for the saints to share their gifts with us and their wisdom with us and their eternal life with us now. Like, what a waste to believe that this world and the world to come are hermetically sealed off one from the other. It's a waste. This week, Pastor Tori and I were talking about what all saints uh, means to us. And Tori said something that really impacted me. They said, what, what if we lived as if we expected to spend eternity with every person we encounter? Like the man begging for money on the street and the Comcast customer service rep on the phone driving you crazy because you just wanted one simple question answered the immigrants detained at the border, what if we saw everyone as those with whom we will one day gather together around God's table? Everyone. Like, what if we really took seriously that the relationships we enter into now are relationships that will last forever? I loved the implications of what eternal life actually means for our life right here, right now. Uh, I say I loved this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I love this, that is, until I realized that this also means eternal life for my enemies and not just for my friends. That my relationships will also endure with all those that I have wronged and those who have wronged me. And that, that made me a lot less in love with this eternal life business. <clears throat> Which is why I suspect the, uh, uh, the folks who heard about the resurrection of Lazarus from today's gospel, that they also were not exactly thrilled about it. Um, following today's reading, it's in a portion that we did not hear. Um, but the primary reaction to Lazarus' resurrection was not triumph. It was not excitement. It was suspicion and, and vengeance. In fact, the, the remaining 20 verses of the story tell us that uh, what the people did when they saw that Lazarus was raised from the dead was that they ran to City Hall and they reported it to the Jerusalem City Council. And the gospel reads, from that day on, they planned to put him to death. So what I'm suggesting is that it sounds like there might have been a few folks Maybe a lot of folks who wished Lazarus had stayed in the tomb. Like, maybe Lazarus would always cut them off in traffic, or uh, maybe he was a gossip, or he always ate the last piece of pizza, uh, like my mother did this morning. Um, <laughs> she's here today. Uh, <laughs> Because even though Jesus and his friends are thrilled that Lazarus is back from the dead, not everyone else is. In fact, most everyone else is not. But perhaps that's why Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in the first place. Maybe he did it to show us that eternal life is both good news for our friends and for the people that we think are the worst. 
And I'm not really thrilled about that because, I mean, I'd like to think that if I had just witnessed Jesus bring anyone from back, back from the dead, even more a friend or a family member, I, I'd like to think that that would fully satisfy me. I'd like to believe that if I were at the raising of Lazarus, I'd, I'd surrender all the things that weigh me down and that I, I'd actually be free. But that's not what happens to the people who actually witnessed it. So how can I believe that I'd be any different? I mean, I, I fall into the trap all the time of believing that my life would be altogether different if God would resurrect my friends from the grave. I'd like to believe that I'd be happier, um, less fearful and anxious person if my cousin Christy, who died in a car accident when we were 14 and who was like a sister to me, um, that if she had not died, I would not have made many of my worst mistakes. Just like I'd like to believe the same for you. I'd like to believe that if God were to bring back all the people that you have brought with you here today, that you mourn with you here today, that you'd be totally different, that you'd be totally free. I'd like to believe that. I'd like to believe that you'd never shout at your spouse or kids again or, or that you just wouldn't hate yourself anymore. I'd like to believe that. But I know deep down that that's not true because I need more. We need more than just the resurrection of our friends. It sucks, but we also need the resurrection of our enemies as well. In fact, I, I, I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect this is why Jesus weeps, that famous verse, Jesus wept. I suspect that Jesus weeps when he hears the cries for him to raise Lazarus. Because perhaps Jesus knows that the raising of Lazarus will ultimately disappoint us. And he grieves our disappointment. And Jesus grieves because he knows what we think we need, and he knows that we need more. He knows that what we want is the resurrection of our friends, but what we need is the resurrection of the whole world. Because the reality is, is that a world, a universe in which God only resurrects our friends is not a loving and safe place for anyone. It turned out not even to be safe for God. Instead, what we need is a universe where God forgives and resurrects all of us, the traitor and the faithful, the enemy and the friend, all of us. And so this is what Jesus does with the raising of Lazarus. He reverses the death of somebody who is just like all of us because Lazarus, he's both a friend to some and an enemy to others. He's both a sinner and a saint. Jesus raises Lazarus to show us that what we really need is resurrection that includes our enemies as much as our friends, that what we need tonight is to call down our enemies as well as our friends. And it's in that forgiveness of the whole world where, where God gives us the grace to change our own lives. Because if we know that we will one day all be gathered around God's table, both enemies and friends, 
then, then maybe, maybe we can look at those we fear with just a little more compassion, just a little less suspicion, a little less anxiety. Because when we are all God's friends, when there are no longer insiders and outsiders, that's how God gives us the mercy to truly love those we didn't think we had the strength to love in the first place. Uh, this is the good news of all saints. Therefore, today we ask to be surrounded by the souls of all the departed, not just our friends. Surrounded by this great cloud of sinners and saints, we have the chance to, to make peace with our lives and with each other because God has made peace with all of us. And therefore, we, we entrust that our prayers tonight will, will glide across the hands of, of all the souls of the people of God over the great communion of sinners and saints. Until one day, the prayers, those same prayers, prayers lifted up from other hands, will glide across our own hands in the presence of God and then into the hands of God. For behold, God is making all things new. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.